of the working class, but the son of a deacon. And when I was free, I lived at Kursk. I used to wear a frock coat, and now I have brought myself to such a pass that I can sleep naked on the ground and eat grass, and I wish no one a better life. I want nothing, and I am afraid of nobody. And the way I look at it is that there is nobody richer and freer than I am. When they sent me here from Russia, from the first day I stuck it out, I want nothing. The devil was at me about my wife, and about my home, and about freedom. But I told him, I want nothing. I stuck to it, and here you see, I live well, and I don't complain. And if anyone gives way to the devil and listens to him, if but once, he is lost. There is no salvation for him. He is sunk in the bog to the crown of his head and will never get out. It is not only a foolish peasant like you, but even gentlemen, well-educated people are lost. Fifteen years ago, they sent a gentleman here from Russia. He hadn't shared something with his brothers and had forged something in a will. They did say he was a prince or a baron, but maybe he was simply an official. Who knows? Well, the gentleman arrived here, and the first thing, he bought himself a house and land in Muhortensko. I want to live by my own work, says he. In the sweat of my brow, for I am not a gentleman now, says he, but a settler. Well, says I, God help you, that's the right thing. He was a young man then, busy and careful. He used to mow himself and catch fish and ride sixty miles on horseback. Only this is what happened. From the very first year, he took to ride into Girino for the post. He used to stand on my ferry and sigh. Eh, Semyon, how long is it since they sent me any money from home? You don't want money, Vasily Sergeyevich, says I. What use is it to you? You cast away the past and forget it as though it had never been at all, as though it had been a dream, and begin to live anew. Don't listen to the devil, says I. He will bring you to no good. He'll draw you into a snare. Now you want money, says I. But in a very little while, you'll be wanting something else, and then more and more. If you want to be happy, says I, the chief thing is not to want anything. Yes, if, says I, if fate has wronged you and me cruelly, it's no good asking for her favor and bowing down to her. But you despise her and laugh at her, or else she will laugh at you. That's what I said to him. Two years later, I ferried him across to his side, and he was rubbing his hands and laughing. I am going to Garino to meet my wife, he says. She was sorry for me, says he. She has come. She is good and kind. And he was breathless with joy. So a day later, he came with his wife, a beautiful young lady in a hat. In her arms was a baby girl, and lots of luggage of all sorts, and my Vasily Sergeyevich was fussing round her. He couldn't take his eyes off her and couldn't say enough in praise of her. Yes, Brother Semyon, even in Siberia, people can live. Oh, all right, thinks I. It will be a different tale presently. And from that time forward, he went almost every week to inquire whether money had not come from Russia. He wanted a lot of money.
She is losing her youth and beauty here in Siberia for my sake, says he, and sharing my bitter lot with me, and so I ought, says he, to provide her with every comfort. To make it livelier for the lady, he made acquaintance with the officials and all sorts of riffraff, and of course he had to give food and drink to all that crew, and there had to be a piano and the shaggy lapdog on the sofa. Plague, take it away. Luxury, in fact, self-indulgence. The lady did not stay with him long. How could she? The clay, the water, the cold, no vegetables for you, no fruit. All around you ignorant and drunken people and no sort of manners, and she was a spoilt lady from Petersburg or Moscow. To be sure, she moped. Besides, her husband, say what you like, was not a gentleman now, but a settler, not the same rank. Three years later, I remember, on the eve of the Assumption, there were shouting...